Good morning, Crossroads. We are ready to rock and roll. Who's with me today? Are we ready to do this? Yeah? Yeah? Um, we are diving into week three of this series called Fruits. But I got to say something before we dive in. And this is just me, like, personally sharing this with you. This is just uh, the thoughts that float in Tim Fisher's mind, all right? Um, so this is different. This is not normal, all right? Uh, you're getting full inside monologue, all right? Uh, what I... What I was kind of navigating throughout the week, I was trying to put my finger on why last week at Crossroads was so special. Uh, we had Father's Day. Uh, really, honestly, it, it was everything I was hoping it would be. Just a bunch of people being baptized, dads being baptized, dads baptizing their kids. We had 38 people baptized last weekend here at Crossroads in all three of our campuses, which is amazing. Yes, that happened at Mishawaka, that happened at St. Pete. And... What I realized is I was really just invigorated this week and encouraged because I realized coming out of COVID and just kind of all the chaos and the weirdness that that brought, I realized that last Sunday, that just kind of exemplifies what we do, who we are here at Crossroads. And there's that realization that God's still moving, God's still working. And it was just kind of that moment where you kind of cross some sort of invisible line with momentum and, and moving forward. And I just want you to know uh, we should be encouraged by what God is doing, the way he's continuing to move. We're part of something special here, and I hope that you lean in today and just listen to God's voice. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you because he is moving, he's working, he is changing lives, and that's what we are celebrating here at Crossroads. If that doesn't get, get you excited, I don't know what will. I mean, honestly, because that's God transforming lives in a big way, and I'm excited about that. And as we dive in today, I just want to <laughs> help you circle and realize there are things on the horizon here. I, I believe our best days for our church are right in front of us. And I think it starts with an event we have tonight for all of our volunteers here at Crossroads. If you serve in any ministry, there is a volunteer rally happening at our Goshen campus tonight at 6. And I just want to invite you, if you've been thinking about taking that next step, getting involved in ministry, maybe you've been on the sidelines for a while, come out tonight. We're casting big vision for what's happening this fall. We want everybody and anybody to be a part of what's happening. And so there's, I mean, how about this? I'll bribe you. We're having burgers and hot dogs. There's going to be a party. I think we're having a DJ here tonight. It's going to be amazing. So even if you don't want to serve, you should come out and check it out. And then by the time you leave, you'll be signed up to serve. Everybody wins. It's perfect. Uh, so I would encourage you to come out and check that out. And just a reminder, next Sunday, 4th of July, there's kind of a party celebration at all of our campuses here at Goshen. It's one ginormous service outside at 10 o'clock. So be inviting friends. Be thinking about, praying about who you're going to invite to join you because the reason we do this is to connect more people with Jesus. Are you with me? Okay. There's like seven of you that are excited about that. And I guess we'll just run with those seven. It's going to be an amazing week next week. Um, we're continuing on today with this, this fruit series. It just, it begins with what it says in Galatians 5. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It says there is no law against these things. These are the characteristics. These are the traits. These are the fruits uh, that are going to start coming out of your life when you are walking with Jesus, when the Holy Spirit is moving and working in you. This is what the life is looking like that is becoming more and more like Jesus. And the thread through all of these fruits that we've noticed and that we're working through is, is the reality that, that love is the root of the fruit, right? It is the thread that goes through all of them. And so last week we talked about the reality that defining all of these traits through the lens of love 
joy is love rejoicing in all that God has done. And today we're taking on a topic that I think is really, really important, especially where we find ourselves in life today. And this is the fruit of peace. And when we talk about peace, this is the ability to claim something that only God can give us. And the way that we claim this peace is by trusting in God's promises for our lives. And so we define peace today as love trusting who God is, what his promises are for my life, and the plan that he has for me. Peace comes from love trusting And I would just encourage you to lean in today and think about what that looks like in your life, how you are doing at trusting in God's promises for you, because we were not created. God's intention for us is not to be consumed by worry and fear and and anxiety. He wants us to trust in his promises. He wants us to experience peace. So before we dive in today, I want to read this scripture. This is where we're going to end, so let's start where we're going to end today. It just says this in Philippians 4, and I just encourage you to lean in and take this in. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's my goal today that we will all just draw close to Jesus today, that we will experience his peace that guards our hearts that guards our minds. And so if you don't mind, would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Let's just invite Jesus to speak to us today and open in a word of prayer. God, you're good. And we just pause to thank you today for the many blessings that you have given us, for the way that you have gone before us, for the promises that we have in your word. And we're just trusting in you today. Jesus, we're putting our trust in you. And so help us just to cast all of our cares, all of our worries, all of our anxieties at your feet today and let you take those and, and hold those for us. God, we look forward to what you're going to do here today. We pray this in your name. And together we say, amen. Um, peace. When we talk about peace in the Bible, it's different than what the peace is that the world offers us. I think when we think about peace in the terms of the world, we're just talking about like the absence of conflict or you know some sort of inner tranquility. Everybody's all about though, like, hey, peace, man. I and mean, we've got signs for that and everything. You go to any beauty pageant, what do they want? They want world peace, all right? That's just that's the, the, the answer that everybody gives you. But the reality is that the peace that God gives us is more than that. It's the presence of something else. It's the presence of God himself taking the reins of our lives, and it's us putting our trust in him. In any situation, no matter what circumstance you face, no matter what storm of life you're trying to navigate, you can experience peace because you are trusting God with all of your anxiety, with all of your worries, with all of your fears. That's a big deal. That's something that the world can't compete with. You know who you are. You know what you're created for. You know the future that that God has in store for you. You are trusting in God's promises for your life. So you don't have to be consumed by worry, which, by the way, doesn't do anything anyway except give you an ulcer, all right? You don't have to be consumed by your anxiety. You can claim the peace of God by trusting in his promises for your life. And I want you to claim that peace today. I want you to claim it. I want you to let Jesus take all of your anxiety and avoid the temptation of trying to take it back, all right? Give it to him. Lay it at his feet. 
Because there, there are all kinds of things in life that we can be afraid of, that we can be insecure about, that, that can cause us to worry and be overcome by anxiety. Those things are always going to be there. We're called to lay all of that at the feet of Jesus. Yesterday I was doing some grocery shopping uh, over in Granger, Indiana, and it was with my boys. We were coming back from South Bend toward Elkhart, stopped in to do some grocery shopping. Dana always hates it when I go grocery shopping, just for the record, because I always come back with extra stuff. I don't know why. And it's always like candy for the kids. The kids love going grocery shopping with me. I mean, they just get whatever they want. Uh, But we have a blast. But yesterday we were kind of focused. I don't know if I told you guys this. I bought a new griddle for my backyard. I'm trying to learn how to do fried rice and teriyaki chicken and steak. I'm I'm, I'm going all in on this. I'm going to be the hibachi chef. I'm wearing the costume and everything throwing stuff around. That's my goal. I'm going to be that guy. So yesterday, it was our first foray into trying fried rice and doing all that on the grill. I needed to stop and get some stuff, and my kids were focused. They wanted to get in and get out. As soon as we got in, I started doing my normal thing. Hey, look, the candy section. And Carter's like, no, let's get the teriyaki and get out of here. So we're walking down the aisle, we're taking our time, we're looking at the different kinds of rice, you know, I don't know why, because we can. And then all of a sudden, like over the intercom, it's like, hey, everybody, there's a tornado, everybody needs to get in the coolers. This is real life. That happened over the, over the intercom. There's a tornado, everybody needs to get in the coolers. And I didn't hear, I, I just completely tuned it out. Jacob goes, uh, Dad, I think we're supposed to get in the coolers. And I'm like, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so we're still shopping. And then sure enough, like this, you know, one of the bag boys comes up. Hey, excuse me, sir. Everybody needs to get in the coolers right now. I was like, what? Are you being serious? Like, what, what's happening? What? There's a tornado. So everybody, like they locked the store. All of the workers in the coolers. So I put my cart right by the front so I wouldn't have to wait in line. I'm, I'm that guy. I put my cart right by the cab. I'm smart. We kind of make our way toward the cooler. And no kidding, there's like 50, 60 people crammed into the cooler in the produce section. I'm going, I'm not going in there. That's not, I'm, no. I'm standing outside the cooler. I'm looking at my phone. I'm going, I don't see anything. I see a tornado warning, but the red is already, we're in the green already. Like, hey, what's going on right now? There's no tornado. About that time, this elderly woman starts to push her cart by by me. She looks at me completely calm, says, what's going on? I say, if you want to live, go in that cooler. She says, nah, I'm old. Just kept shopping kept shopping. About that time, they let everybody out of the coolers, and we're all free to leave, and I'm in the front of the line. It's fantastic. It's beautiful. Uh, It turned out perfectly. But (laughs) my thing is, there wasn't actually a tornado. There was a warning, but there wasn't a tornado. Everybody's like, get in the coolers! Lock the doors! I'd never seen anything like that before. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'd never experienced it. I was just kind of watching it all go down, kind of amused. The thing is, we allow our anxiety, our fears, our insecurities to take over us, and it takes us to a place where God doesn't intend us to be. He wants us to trust Him. Now, consider the reality of that, of all that God has done for us. Think about who God is and and what this means. When, When we say the peace that passes understanding, this is peace that only God can give us. Consider that in the Old Testament, uh, God is called Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. And that word peace, it it denotes wholeness. It's a completeness. I am complete 
in him because he has everything in control. He's got, I can trust him. He provides, his presence is with me. He goes before me. I can put my trust in his promises. I mean, think about how Jesus is described as early as the book of Isaiah. He is described, the name for Jesus is the Prince of Peace. That, that is who he is. Peace defines who God is and what he longs to bring into our lives. So when, when Jesus says, cast all your burdens on me, cast all those anxieties, all those fears on me, you can give those to him, and in return, he gives you peace that passes all understanding, and that includes peace with God. Let's recognize right out of the gate, Jesus has paid a price that we cannot pay. He has reconciled. He has made our relationship with God that was broken because of sin. He's made that right. I have peace with God. My eternity, my future can be secure. I have the hope of forgiveness of my sins, freedom of walking as a child of God. That all begins by me saying yes to Jesus. And I challenge you today, if you're here today and you've not said yes to Jesus, what an amazing promise in Scripture. Romans 10, 9, if, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Jesus, I need you. If you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be given salvation. You have been forgiven. You have been set free. Jesus offers us peace with God. I encourage you today, say yes to Jesus. Invite him into your life. Ask him to forgive you. Experience this new life that only he can give you. Jesus also allows us to have peace with others. I love what it says in Ephesians 4, verses 3. Uh, Paul just says, unite yourselves in Christ. Make every effort to do this, and then you will be bound together by peace. Because peace is an outpouring. It's an overflow of my relationship with Jesus. It, it brings peace with God. It brings peace with others. And I think even more than that, it brings peace with myself. I don't have to carry all that fear. I don't have to carry all that guilt, all of that shame. I'm not who I once was. I have been forgiven. I have been set free. I can put trust in God's promises for my life. I have a future. I am not who I once was. 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, remember this. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life is gone. Behold, everything has been made new. What an amazing promise to realize I have been made new in Jesus. Everything changes. I get to experience peace that that passes all understanding, peace that the world can't compare with, can't even compete, because it's at a completely different level. But it comes from me trusting in God's promises for my life. Peace is love trusting. And so I encourage you just to think about these thoughts of peace that we see throughout Scripture. In Numbers chapter 6, we see one of my favorite prayers of blessing in the Bible. This has been made very popular over the last couple years by the worship song, The Blessing. Uh, But this verse actually predates that song by several thousand years. I don't know if you knew that. Um, In Numbers chapter 6, God gives Aaron and Moses this blessing to pray over his people. And it's just so incredibly powerful. This is a prayer I've prayed over my boys since they were born. And here's why. It, it says the blessing. He says, this is the prayer I want you to pray over my people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Why pray that prayer of blessing over the people? Well, this is what Jesus, this is what God says to Moses. He says, so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. What an unbelievable thing for God to say. When you pray this prayer of blessing over my people, I will put my name on them. They are my children. They are mine. And I will bless them. What an incredible thing to consider. And that whole blessing is centered around the reality that, man, the Lord bless and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you, give you peace peace. There's a very interesting dynamic there that you begin to realize, and you see this throughout Scripture. A lot of the the books of the New Testament actually begin in the letters by saying grace and peace to you. Paul says that a lot in the beginning of the epistles all throughout the New Testament. Grace and peace. Why is that significant? Well, I would contend with you today, number one, that peace follows grace. The peace that passes all understanding, the peace that comes from God, it always follows His grace in my life. What is grace? Well, it's just, it's undeserved favor. Grace is God making the first step toward us to make everything right. While we were still his enemies, while we were still far from him, when we didn't deserve a single thing, it says Christ died for us. He went ahead and paid the price that we could not pay. His grace, it goes before us. It draws us to him. You want to experience the peace that only God can give you? Well, it follows grace. God is reaching out to you. He's offering you something that you don't deserve, that you cannot earn, that you could never pay for. It's a gift. Peace follows that grace. It says in Ephesians 2, but now through Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, so he is our peace. Peace comes directly from Jesus. Peace comes from me trusting in who he is and the promises that he has given me. I think it's really important that we recognize that and take time to to just think about the significance of who he is, what he has done for us, and everything that is made available to us because of what he has done. I can't earn that. I don't deserve it. But he, he paid the price I couldn't pay and now I can experience peace in any situation, in any circumstance. Peace follows faith as well. And this is the life that is trusting God. That's what it looks like when I trust God. It begins to become a lifestyle. Trust in action is faith. And when you put your trust in God, peace follows that faith. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast, because he trusts in you. Are you putting your trust in Jesus? Sometimes we have to walk by faith. Sometimes we're getting overwhelmed by the circumstances that we're facing, the situations that we find ourselves in, and yet God's promises are still true for me. He's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. He fights for me. He's going to provide for me. He's still there. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he is with me. 
Don't allow yourself to be overcome by the worries and the fears and the anxieties of life. Man, cast all those cares, all those worries at the feet of Jesus. Let him take those and don't take them back. Walk in the freedom that comes at knowing you can put your trust in his promises for your life. Listen, everything in this world is wired to get you to try to believe what they're selling and everything in this world will let you down. People will let you down. I remember when I was a youth pastor about 15 years ago now, so don't hold this against me. This is a terrible story. Uh, don't hold this against me. Uh, I, had a, <laughs> I had a lesson on trust, and it was in front of a couple hundred students back in the day, and I brought up one of the cheerleader girls that was used to being thrown in the air, so she didn't really have a lot of fear, and I had her stand on a chair, and I had a bunch of the high school guys stand behind her, and their arms are out like that, and I'm going, hey, when she falls back, you catch them, right? It's trust fall. That used to be a big deal. Just Google trust fall. It's a lot of fun. Um, so we said, right, are you ready to trust? Do you believe they're going to catch you? She's like, yes, I do. And I'm like, guys, are you ready? They're like, huh? And they were just all standing there, and when she fell, they, I don't know what happened. They just kind of like, Bleh. So she just goes through and hits the floor. I mean, I think their arms kind of broke her fall, so she didn't get injured. She was just really angry. None of those guys ever had a chance to go out with her later on. Uh, they burned all their bridges right there. Uh, and they completely ruined my illustration of trust. It was awful. Like, oh, I guess you can't trust anything. Let's be dismissed. Um, <laughs> I've learned a lot since I was a youth pastor. Um, <laughs> but the reality is... It's hard to trust because we get burned in this life. People let you down. But I, I want to encourage you today with the reality that Jesus never fails. He never fails. You can put your trust in his promises for your life. And I think part of the reality here is that peace is the power to claim the promises of God and the ability to say, they are mine. You've got to own that. When you read a promise from God in Scripture, you have to own it. You have to say, hey, that is my promise. That is God's promise to me. That is mine, all right? Mine is not a, a word you have to teach yourself. Honestly, we're, we're born probably saying two words, no and mine. I mean, those are pretty much where it starts, our, our human vocabulary. And yet, I'm always reminded when I say that of the scene from Finding Nemo, when all the seagulls are around, they're looking at the fish, and like, oh, Mine, mine, and then they're all saying it. Mine, 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 mine. You ever remember that? As back in the day, I'm dating myself. The reality is, I need to claim God's promises for my life. They are mine. Those promises are not for somebody else. They're not just nebulous and vague and out there. Those are promises that you can claim. They are God's promise to you. And my goal today is that you are able to claim those promises, trust in God, who he is, who he says he's going to be and what he's going to do for you. Put your trust in him and then you can walk in this peace that passes all understanding. Peace follows grace, it follows faith. I think the final piece is that it, peace follows obedience. That's the life of surrender. That's whenever you realize that God is revealing something to you about yourself that he's longing to change, that you respond with surrender. You say, God, yes. I say yes to you, and I'm willing to obey. I'm willing to put that into practice. That's the lifestyle that God calls us to. That is the definition of our journey with Jesus. That's how we become more like him. It's moments of surrender followed by moments of obedience.
Moments of surrender followed by moments of obedience. That is how God changes us, molds us into his image, helps us become more like him. That's the journey that each and every one of us are called to. And it's a journey of trust. It's a journey that follows grace. It's a journey that follows faith. It's a journey that follows obedience. It is love trusting in the promises of God for your life. And I want you to walk today in peace. I don't want you to be overwhelmed by the anxieties and the worries of this life. Lay that stuff down at the feet of Jesus. Know who he is. Put your trust in his promises for your life. Put your hope in the future that he has in store for you. I want to close again where we started, Philippians chapter 4. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and guard your minds in Christ Jesus. I ask you today, are you experiencing the peace of God in your life? Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? I would love for each of you just to take a moment, you and God, to draw close to him in this moment, to lean into his presence, and to renew your commitment to just put your trust in him. We all face difficulties. We all face uncertainties. We all face moments where we're getting overrun by worries and, and fears. I want you to just take a moment to draw close to Jesus with your head bowed and eyes closed and lay some things down at his feet today. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, a peace that the world cannot compete with. That peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. May you walk in that peace today. May you leave trusting in God's promise for your life. May peace be a fruit that overflows out of your life because of what God is doing in you. Jesus, we're so thankful today for the price that you have paid for us, for the love, the extravagant love that you have for each and every one of us. You have made it possible for us to have peace with you, peace with others, peace in our own hearts for ourselves. God, help us to claim your peace, the peace that only you can give us. Help us to put our trust in you. God, in this moment, we cast all of our cares, all of our worries, all of our anxieties at your feet. We ask you to take them. We put our trust in you. May we walk today with our heads held high as your children, and God, may we walk in your blessing. And so, God, I just say today, would you bless us and keep us? Would your face shine upon us and be gracious to us? God, would you turn your face toward us today and give us your peace? We love you, and we thank you, and we praise you. We pray this in your name. Amen.